our mission is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Hey leaders, Andrew here, and with me as always is Dr. Tim Elmore. How are you today, Tim? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I'm excited about today's conversation because we're really talking about jobs uh, and the skills that they often provide. But you've had an interesting, in fact, had an interesting conversation with a group of young people because things aren't the same as they used to be. Yeah. Or at least when I was in school back in the 20th century. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I spoke to a group of high school students, about 400 students recently, and they were great students, great teenagers. Many of them were going to do summer jobs for sure. But a growing number, I felt like I was talking to said, oh, I'm not going to do a summer job. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to work. And I said, why? And they said, I got to focus on academics. Yeah. And while we all agree academics are very important, I thought this is a shift away from the traditional get ready for life which is both a classroom and a workroom yeah. in your K-12 days, yeah. uh, it's, it's less and less that. So for Gen Z members, we just see that the data shows a growing number are saying, I'm not looking for a job or a summer job. Uh, it's sports, vacations, academics. And again, this is not bad, but I don't know. I just think there's something that work does for us that a classroom can to get us ready for life. That's I, my thought. I wholeheartedly agree. And the earlier that begins the more opportunity there is for us to learn some lessons from that. And that that kind of sort of pivotal moment, that pivotal age where yeah. we're soaking up a whole lot of stuff. So I'm guessing uh, when you're talking about the benefits that a job can bring a young person, you're also probably thinking about the jobs you had when you were oh growing up. So when yeah. you look back on your own um, earliest years, yeah. uh, tell us about your first job and maybe what you learned in your first okay. job, because well, I think that could be fun. My very first job, my dad coaxed me to do it. And I'm glad he did. But yeah. I was a paper boy at 12, sixth grade. <laughs> and uh, he said, you know, I was wanting things like yeah. every kid wants. Uh-huh. He said, well, you got to earn your money. Yeah. And he said, you know, you could you could throw papers on driveways and you you now you got to collect the money at the end of the month. But you could make some great cash. And I looked at an ad and sure enough, you know, $75 at the end of the month or something like that. Yeah. So that was a big deal. I was going to say, that's, that's a lot of money back then. But then my first, I guess what I would call real job was a fast food restaurant. Okay. So yeah. many of my generation would say, oh yeah, I worked at Burger King or McDonald's or whatever. Mine was at a local joint called Char Burger. Okay. And I did Char the burgers. And that was your job. Yeah. Well, I was the water boy at first. I literally at 16 was watering. <laughs> it's not funny. It's a little uh, funny. I was watering, hosing down the driveway and then watering the plants outside okay. at 6 a.m. before oh. school. Yeah. Wow. But when the summer hit, Mike, the manager said, I want you to come inside. I want you to learn to cook. So I started cooking a little bit later, June of that year. And uh, yeah, it was definitely something I would say I learned transferable skills that I still use to this day, Yeah. even though the industry is different. But you would, you, you're a millennial, right? Yeah, yeah. But you had an early job. Talk about that. Yeah, it was really late in my 15th year. I actually got a job at Opulent Hotel. In Nashville. In Nashville, okay. yeah, where yeah. I grew up. And um, it was a really interesting experience. So my job was actually to unload and load the shuttle that came from the airport. Okay. So the bus would go pick yeah. up all the people who were staying yeah. in Opryland from the airport and bring it. And so I was the basically first face they saw when they came and the last face when they left. It was a really interesting job because sometimes I would show up 
and there were hundreds, literally, of people waiting for this <laughs> shuttle, and, and they weren't all going to fifteen exactly. Right? They yeah. weren't all going to fit, yeah. uh, and so I'd be like, "Okay, right about here, you're about to be disappointed." So yeah. mentally prepare yourself, you know. <laughs> but it was the same thing. I would go to school all week, and then I'd have a seven a.m. shift, and I'd work for yeah. you know eight hours or whatever. Um, but it was a really good experience. I did it for two and a half years until I graduated from high school and went wow. off to college. But it was time management, showing up that early. I sometimes I missed my alarm and didn't show up yeah, on time. Yeah. Uh, and I learned a lot from that conflict management as well as some character and ethics stuff because yeah. I was exposed to a lot of uh, different people who had a lot of different worldviews and it yeah. was really good for me to kind of uh, be exposed to that at yeah. that kind of early That's age. so cool, I think. Yeah. And I, when I look back at my first job, I think, you know, work ethic clearly was a transferable concept. Mike expected a lot from teenagers. Yeah. And so you just kind of rose to the occasion or you left. Yeah. But you're right. I think both of us would say something good happened Outside of the classroom, even though we believe in the classroom. Yeah. But, um, Andrew, you know this, but America today is experiencing what's been called the great resignation. Yeah. So it's many people, not just young people, deciding they're going to leave their current job and move on to another one. Yeah. Um, I think it was in April of 2021, 4 million people in one month left their job. Which is just wild. Yeah, it is. But there was a professor at Texas A&M University who first said, I see this coming. And it was before the pandemic. Wild. It yeah. was in 2019. Yeah. The great resignation, he called it. And sure enough, he was he was right. He might have even been more timely if the pandemic hadn't happened. I think a lot of those people yeah. would have left earlier. So Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's true. So, but you and I looked at some recent data. So I want to just bring it up. Yeah. It's the elephant in the room. 72% of those who quit their job experienced either regret or surprise that their new position was different what that they what what they thought it would 72%. be seventy two percent yeah that yeah. was a uh, that was a survey from of twenty five hundred workers by the Muse so that's a that's a big number to yeah. survey more than seven out of ten said whoops shouldn't have done that <laughs> or this is different than what I thought yeah maybe I'm I'm still glad I did it but yeah. it wasn't what I thought it was going to be it's sort of the proverbial is the grass greener on the other side yeah. and I yeah. think so many times. Uh, that's not true. So it's interesting. So let's talk for just a second before we get into these seven skills that we think young people can learn. Yeah. Um, I think there's a definite glitch here between expectations and reality. Yeah. In fact, um, as hiring demands continue to increase, the average starting salary for the class of 2022, these would be college graduates, not high school graduates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is expected to be more than 50000 So that's more than you and I started with. Way more, Am yes. I right? Yeah, okay. way more. We'll just more say than that. twice, I'll that's, say. That's yes. right. Uh, however, this is interesting now. Current college students expect to earn more than twice that. So if you ask them, what do you think you're going to earn? Over 100000 Wow. In fact, the number, this was an average number of expectation, $103,880 in their first job, according to one report. Yeah. And you and I both know, I just don't think most companies can afford that much less pay that yeah. uh, if, you know, for a 22-year-old that's saying, I have no experience, but it's going to cost It's such you. a yeah. wild contrast, right? Because they're entering perhaps, at least pay-wise, the best job market yeah. ever, yeah. right? In my memory. But they're yeah. going to enter it feeling like they really got let down because their yeah. expectations are so high that it's not uh, meeting that reality. It's just an interesting juxtaposition and shows it's an illustration of the power of yeah. expectations on our experiences. So this, the purpose of this podcast, obviously we have a number of different listeners, different ages, some students, Yeah, I would say is to bridge the gap between expectations and reality mm. and just say, you can learn even from a, a job that you might think is mundane yeah. and maybe trivial. Um, 
you and I, we've said this a million times, but I'm going to say it on, on, on the microphone now. After every wedding comes a marriage. Yes, exactly. After every birth of the baby comes the parenting of that baby. Yeah. And after every interview comes a job. Yes. It's probably not as glitzy as it appeared yeah. in the want ad. So true. It's so true. And so there's probably somebody listening who this is going to apply to them in their yeah. job yeah. right now. And other people are maybe counseling or advising a young person, whether that's somebody who works for you, or maybe it's your child, or yeah, maybe just right. a friend of yours. And you're wondering, how do I help them sort of rise above the circumstances yeah. that they're in and realize that yes, things aren't exactly what you want them to be. By yeah. the way, no first job ever is. I don't right? think so. Yeah. Um, they, it, maybe they aren't what you expect them to be, but there's still something you can learn even from a possibly even negative experience. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's really, that's really it. So you and I both get around Atlanta mostly, and then we travel around the country. Yeah. We both see plenty of want help wanted yep. signs in retail establishments, windows of uh, whatever companies. Um, I do think that um, as I see those signs, I, I recently compiled in my head, what were some things that you would learn at that taco shop or that you would learn at that store or that gap yeah. retail store at the yeah. mall that you would say, no, that, that was good. Looking back that I learned some skills. So you and I have collected a list and I thought it would be great to talk about. Yeah, it this is awesome. So we want to focus on seven things that you can learn, even in a possibly negative context in, inside of a job. So yeah. walk us through this list okay. and let's dig into each one. Number one, if I could wish something on anybody uh, who is young, it would be to work at least one service job. Yeah. One service job. Yeah. So I know many high school students who ought to be working a part-time job, but they're not. And their parents want them to focus on academics, as I mentioned before. And this focus isn't bad, but there's something about working a service job, whether it's waiting tables. Yep. Uh, lifting boxes yeah. or doing some retail customer service that teaches a person to make sacrifices on behalf of consumers that may have a bad attitude. Yes. I'm just saying it. Hypothetically speaking. Yeah, hypothetically yeah. speaking, yeah. yes. So I recall working that fast food restaurant, Charburger, that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And I worked at a Baskin Robbins 31 Flavors ice cream yep. store. That was fun. Scooping ice cream. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I learned to serve people with a smile, even when I didn't feel like it, yeah. that was what I had to do. It got me ready for my career. It got me ready for my marriage. Yeah. It got me ready for adulthood. I think everybody ought to have one service shop. It's such a great reminder that how I have to act and how I feel aren't yeah. always going to be That's right. in conjunction together. And I, I learned the same thing. You know, when you're slinging bags at 7 a.m. and there's yeah. 100 people and they're yeah. mad, it's like, I've got to get these people onto the shuttle, whether yeah. or not they're yelling at me or they're nice to me. Yeah. And I, I kind of have to get over that. Or I might That's be right. totally sleepy, but I got to get over that in this moment. Well, and it's an important reminder. You're right. And in that moment, an argument is not going to help the cause. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. All right. That's great. Work a service job. Yep. So take us to number two. Number two may be counterintuitive for some listeners. I think every young person ought to have the experience of getting fired once. <laughs> You're laughing at me. I just think it's, uh, I was talking to one of our board members at Growing Leaders about this, and they they agreed. They said, You're right. There's something about that. And it's, it's somewhat humiliating, yeah. somewhat embarrassing. Yeah. It's definitely humbling yeah. when you realize I'm being rejected. Yeah. But um, real quick, I got a story. I got a story on each one of these. I'm gonna I love humiliate that. myself. So as a teen, I was let go from a job at a country club because I wasn't good at handling the switchboard. Okay. I know that's shocking to you because <laughs> I handle the switchboard now at Growing Leaders. <laughs> you and technology go. Oh my so gosh. Well. <laughs> yes. 
I'm just kidding, listeners. I do not handle the switchboard. You will not hear my voice when you call right away anyway. Yeah. But um, I felt horrible, obviously. It was not fun. It's like breaking up with a girlfriend or boyfriend. It's not fun. But uh, I was down on myself until I recognized that failure at that job did not equate to failure in life. That's number one. You have to get through that. But then number two, uh, while my self-esteem took a blow for a day or two, I quickly figured out that I would have been miserable had I stayed longer. Yeah, I would have not been fired, but I would have gone, I hate this place. And I would have prolonged the idea, work is terrible. Yeah. And work isn't terrible. Yep. I love what I get to do. I think you've mentioned that a time or two. You love what we get to do here. But uh, I, I'm telling you, it was good for me to gain the experience of being terminated so that I could improve at choosing the right job to pursue and to get on with discovering what my gifts were. Yeah. And it was not switchboard. Yeah. Listeners, write that down. Tim no, Elmer's not, not good the at the switchboard, okay? <laughs> in, in case you're taking notes. Uh, and what's more, I actually uh, survived the tragedy. Yeah. So that's another one. I, I got, you know, months later, I'm somewhere else. I go, that was okay. That yeah. wasn't the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, so obviously, um, you're not going to sit down with a student and go, hey, this week, I'd like for you to just get yourself fired. You'll That's learn a lot from that experience, right? Yeah. I think any form of rejection yeah. or failure, I mean, like I didn't get fired for my first job, but I, I vividly remember my boss sending me down and going, I noticed you were an hour late. Yes. yes. That can't happen again. Yeah. And it, it's not the same as getting fired, but it is that feeling of, oh my I gotta gosh, get with it. I got to yeah. get with it. Yeah. And I think that experience, you're exactly right. is so helpful. Yeah, it is. I, I just don't know too many humans that don't have to have that to, to get a wake-up call. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's go to number three. Number three. This is another counterintuitive one, but I feel like it was good for me to have at least one bad boss. Yep. Bad boss. Yep. Nobody wishes that. And although I did say I just wish this on everybody, but, <laughs> but here's what I mean by that. This may not make sense to young professionals, but I think it's a positive thing to serve under a bad manager or supervisor. And the reason why is because first it makes you appreciate a good one later and you will have good leaders somewhere along the line. And second, it lets you know what it feels like once you become a manager yourself. I don't want to be this. I know how this feels. This doesn't feel empowering. It doesn't feel like like I'm being equipped, et cetera. So the majority of Americans, literally the majority of Americans report they've served under a poor boss. So that means they're everywhere. Okay. Um, Approximately 40% of people believe they could do a better job than their boss is doing. We I'm surprised that number's not higher. Yeah, actually. yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I think that was an anonymous survey, by the yeah. way. Uh, when we endure a poor leader, we learn to make positive changes to our style, even when we're not in charge. I just yeah. think that's that's how some lessons are learned by the bad example, not the not the good one. Yeah, I've, I heard once that people don't quit a job, they quit a boss, yeah. right? And I yeah. think you don't even really have to wish yeah. uh, for everybody to have a bad boss. It's just going to happen. They're, they're out there, right? But I think as I think back on conversations my wife and I had about previous jobs we've held and work experience, we spend more time talking about the bad bosses we had yeah. and what we're, we would do differently if we yeah. were in their position than we do almost talking about the good bosses we've yeah, had. So you're exactly right. Going through that negative experience is really helpful uh, yeah, in terms yeah. of you know helping people yeah. capture what how they would do it better. Yeah, so. it's true. I think being a team member, what I learned from a bad boss was I want to lead people through personal power, not positional power. Love it. That was what I learned from that guy that had a badge and he flashed it, not literally, but I'm the boss. You know, yeah. and you go, do you have to tell me? Yeah. So anyway, it's good. All right, seven. let's go to number four. Number four, um, help someone reach their goal. Now we all have personal goals or most of us do. Yeah. I think it's important in our career route 
to say, I'm going to help someone else reach their goal. For mm-hmm. me, that was John Maxwell. 20 years uh, on staff, not the head guy, but somewhere down the chain or the chain of care, maybe yeah. is a better way to say it. Uh, but um, it, it, I'm telling you, it was, I think we tell young people, find your passion, find your calling. That's good news. But I say that with one caveat. In route to finding that passion you have and doing it, help someone else find theirs. Yeah. I'll never forget Zig Ziglar, the great motivational speaker, yeah. said, you can get anything in life that you want if you're willing to help enough other people get what they want. Yeah. That's just the service mindset. So for me, I didn't, it was a great experience with John. He was a great leader. Uh, fortunately, I had a great leader. But I think when I started growing leaders, I knew what it felt like to have uh, that experience yeah. uh, for me. So at 43 years old, not 23, I started this organization, and it was only after a really good experience, serving, 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 helping John reach that big vision, and um, I felt like I was better for it. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, I think what you did is you shared John's passion. Yes, Maybe I you did. wouldn't have articulated That's it right. exactly the way he did, but that was where you learned the most is you you kind of came into it with a shared similar yes. interest. I felt the same way when I started Growing Leaders. Yeah. Like, I love what this guy Tim Elmore is doing. I'm totally passionate about everything they're doing with Habitudes and Next Generation yeah. and all that stuff. And I want to come learn from that yeah. person. And what a great experience. Yeah, but what I love about that, if I can interrupt you, is you're your own person. You're yeah. not Tim, Tim Elmore mini-me. Yeah. But, but we've dovetail enough, mm-hmm. and one day you'll probably be in charge, and you'll have your own way of doing it. But it was a dovetail, not, I'm going to completely jerk this thing and do underwater basket weaving. Yep. That's your passion, I know. Yeah, it is yeah. my deep inset passion. That's right, yeah. I don't so, get to talk about it enough no, on the you podcast. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe you'll do another podcast yes, someday. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but this is so good. I love that. Help somebody else reach their goal. It's such a great perspective, a really good humbling mindset, mm-hmm. especially coming out of all of that education that they probably just got. Yeah. The number one feeling I have is I'm really ready to yeah. apply all of this. That's right. And the hardest thing to realize is that I'm 22 years old and I still have a lot left to learn. That's so true. But if yeah. they can get that and, yeah. and step into that role, I think they'll they'll get a lot from it. So good. That's good. All right, let's go to number five. Number five, work side hustles. Yes. Work side hustles. Yes. Now, many from Gen Z and millennials are have got hot side. Both of my kids have side hustles going on. One, because my son, Jonathan, lives in LA. I don't think you can make it unless you got yeah, a side hustle. I know. It's like New York City out yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. That's true. So we live in the gig economy. Millions of young and old people, for that matter, are working a main job while also working gigs on the side. Uh, Uber, Lyft, phone sales, babysitting, DoorDash. Um, here's what I love about side hustles. They teach grit. They foster ambition because yes. that side hustle is up to you. Yep. Nobody said, oh, yeah, when you do this, at five, you should go on and work somewhere. In fact, most bosses are going, don't work anywhere else. I want you to be fully loyal. But most of us go, yeah, if you paid me enough, I'd, I'd do that. <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm just being real here. Yeah. So I wish growing leaders could pay more and more. And we are bumping pay raises up, but it's it's hard to do it on yeah. just one, one salary. So um, I think they teach grit. I think they foster ambition. I think they condition people to take responsibility and to shift gears mentally. Yep. When I work side hustles, I stop one job, you know, okay, now I'm doing something else. I was yep. illustrating books or whatever, and it yep. was a completely different part of my brain that I had to use. Yes, and I, I love that. I, the other thing is I think people grow twice as fast when they're doing yeah. side hustles yeah. as well. I remember, Tim, when I came and sat down when we first met, yeah. and you said, hey, I'd love to see some of what you're working on. The stuff I sent you was not the job that I was yeah. working. The stuff yeah. I sent you was from the side hustles I was That's doing. That's true. And that, That's true. Yeah, so that growth 
happened so quickly through that side hustle because I got all kinds of additional opportunities and I'm learning and growing yeah. and all of that stuff. And by the time an opportunity comes along, it's the side hustle a lot yeah. of the time that led you to the opportunity, not that main right. job that you took on. So. You know, one thing I appreciated about you back in that day, you were so honest. You wanted the job at Growing Leaders and I wanted you to come. But you said, now, just to be honest, I still got this project. Remember, you were working on a yep, project. Yep, yep. I've got to finish it up. I, I think I can get it all done, still do this job, but you were you were up front. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go to number six. Number six. Two more to go. Um, number six is learn to negotiate your value. Now, I think this seems like the other side of the coin to everything we just said, but yeah. I think good team members prove their value with their track record. Not You don't just have a talk or a good, you don't just talk the talk. Yeah. Um, but once you prove your value, you collect the courage to discuss that track record that you've built with your supervisor. You and Steve have had some great talks recently about yeah. here's the value. And Steve said, you're right. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I love that. And yeah. that was hard for you. Wasn't it just a little bit? Cause you're not, it always is. To your horn. Yeah. 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 And that's the, that's why the skill is so important because I think um, you have to both learn to humbly accept the place and position yeah. where you're at yeah. and also be courageous in those moments where you need to say, this is my skill level. Yeah. This is my experience. This is what I think I'm bringing to the table. And also, I mean, we're big believers here at Growing Leaders. You you do the job you want in order to earn the job you want yeah, in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. So you sort of live up or work yeah. up into that that position. But uh, you do that. You prove that with your, mm -hmm. your uh, efforts. And then when the time comes, you go, look at what I did. Yeah. And I'm able to articulate, yeah. here's why I think I've... And I think this is really important. The, the terminology you chose here is... Uh, learn to negotiate your value, right? Yeah, so yeah. you're not saying learn to negotiate your experience yeah, or yeah. learn to negotiate. What you're asking is what have I done up to this point that is valuable to the organization yeah, that I'm yeah, with yeah. and valuable to the leader I'm having right. a conversation with, right? That's true. And I think so many people think I've done so much stuff, but was it actually valuable yeah. to the leader that yeah. you're working for? That's really the big question. I learned John Maxwell's love language. Yes. It was saving him time. Yep. If I wrote something for him or did a project for him, he'd often write me, you just saved me seven and a half hours. And I know, okay, if I can do that, yep. he knows I'm yep. valuable. And I learned also under John, Early jobs are often about trust more than talent. So true. Just learning to be trusted with responsibility. So true. Yeah. This is great. All right. One more. One more. The last one we want to give you listeners is I think the seventh really critical thing to learn early on is to resolve a conflict with a colleague. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So over my career, I've learned that regardless of how likable you are, you're going to run into conflict just with happens. people. Yep. Yeah. I just said to our interns, Friends may come and go, but enemies accumulate. They do. And I think I'm fairly, but you know, you just, yeah. well, that's weird. I don't ever, you know, I'm not on Facebook anymore because of so-and-so, you know? Yeah. So all I'm saying is um, I, I just believe that the easiest route to take in this kind of a conflicted relationship is just to avoid them. Choose a different department, work on the other side of the building, come in late, leave early, whatever, yep. you know? Yep. And I just think that's not the courageous route mm -hmm. or the backbone route. Uh, the harder response is to seek them out and try to make it right. You can't always, but at least you can seek them out and say, can I ask forgiveness for the attitude I've had? Yeah. I've had to do that. Yeah, me too. So I wouldn't say I was completely wrong. You were completely right. I said, I've had a really bad attitude. Yeah. And that started the path between us yep. to, to make it up. Whether yeah. or not our disagreement was right or not, I shouldn't have handled it the way I did. Yes, that's, and that's right. that's such a great thing to be able to communicate. Yeah. Conflict resolution skills on a job differentiate you, I think, from the pack. So I young agree. people listening, or if you have a young person, that's going to differentiate you. You have the EQ. 
yep. to do that well. Yeah, you can ghost your friends in high school, but it is not a good policy when you're at work. I'm just saying. That's right. Yeah, it's true. So um, these are great, great uh, challenges for us and things for us to think about. The next time, whether it's you thinking about your own career or your mentoring or coaching a young person, think about uh, how you might be able to help them see the positive that may come from one of these possibly negative yeah. Uh, experiences. But I thought a really good way to close would be actually, we, we discussed this ahead of time, uh, a conversation that you had with Bethany years and years ago where you were in one of these moments with her where she was learning something Mm -hmm. on the job and it kind of was a pretty cool dad moment, I think. So Bethany is my daughter. You guys are about the same age. Yeah. Um, this was her second official job after graduating college. So she's still a young professional, but she moved away far away, like 3000 miles away. Uh, just because this great job opened up 3,000 miles away. Yeah. Well, randomly, one day, I got a phone call from my daughter. And she usually calls her mom a little quicker than she calls dad because I'm usually on a stage somewhere or yeah. off busy. And she said, um, hey, dad. And I said, hey, baby doll, what's up? She goes, oh, nothing much. I said, well, what's the reason for your call? Oh, just wanted to say thanks. And I said, well, every dad likes to hear that. But yeah. Thanks for what? And she was still very general. She goes, oh everything. And I said, well, okay, but I got to think there's a specific reason. And she had to think about it, but she finally mustered up the wherewithal to say, well, I'm working in this office with a whole bunch of other 20 somethings and nobody knows, nobody's ready for their career. Nobody knows what they're doing. They're all on their phones all day. And then she stopped and said, I just got to thinking you and mom got me ready for this. And I just called to say, thanks. Well, that made my year, of course, not just my day, but I was thinking, May we all, I wish I had that every day. I don't, but may we all push for that as teachers, coaches, parents, leaders, administrators. Let's get this generation, not just good GPAs, but life ready when they're done with school. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Tim. This is great insight for us. Uh, Thank you guys uh, for listening. I hope something out there is uh, helpful for you as you're uh, thinking about your own job or perhaps mentoring somebody else. If you are in the position of developing some other person, whether it's in a know, workplace context, or maybe it's a one-on-one mentorship. I want to tell you really quickly about a resource. In fact, you've already heard about it, but it's simply Habitudes for New Professionals. It's a great resource Tim put together several years ago. And in fact, we believe in it so much, we use it uh, with our interns. Uh, it's a book that you can get, um, and it's kind of a workbook, so they can yeah. think, read and think through it and yeah. write th- things and challenge themselves. But it's a really great resource helping to build some of the skills for somebody who's in a new professional context, yeah. whether it's an internship, maybe it's their first job or just their first job outside of college. But whatever that context is, we know sometimes you can have all the hard skills ready for a job, yeah. but you haven't quite gotten all those soft skills. Yeah. And so I would I would just challenge you, if you're looking for a way to build some of those skills, definitely check out Habitudes for New Professionals on our website, growingleaders.com, and you can click on store. You'll find it there. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That certainly helps get the word out about this podcast. If you found it particularly helpful and you thought of somebody as you were listening to it, please, we invite you to share it with that person. Just pass it along to them. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, If you want to connect with us on social media, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, things you think we should talk about, people you think we should interview, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those from you. Tim, thanks again for your wisdom. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time.